Hello and welcome to another episode of Superhero Discussions. My name is Travis Hines, Travis underscore 156 on Twitter. And today I'm going to talk about the week that was in DC TV on the DCCW. It was a small week this week as we only had two shows. And instead of doing two individual episodes on each of the shows, especially considering I've uh, been behind on Supergirl a little bit, so... Uh, in terms of podcasting, so I figured I'd just uh, get up to speed with Supergirl and continue on with Arrow at the same time. So I'm going to just jump right in and just talk about uh, episodes 15 and 16 of season 4 of Supergirl, Oh Brother Where Art Thou and The House of L. Well, this is just wow. Just wow for John Cryer. I can't lie. Supergirl has been a little meh for me most of the year. There's been a couple good episodes, but I, I, it's faltered, in my opinion, a little bit in this fourth season. And uh, John Cryer's Lex is just a shot in the arm that this show needs. Uh, he's fantastic as Lex. I thoroughly enjoy how much uh, his manipulation, his the way he toys with people's emotions, the way he made Lena believe that he was sick. Well, he was actually sick, but that he wanted, just wanted to find a cure and he was just being nice, but he wasn't. He was just using stories uh, for his own personal gain. I love how he completely uh, orchestrated the entire thing with Agent Liberty, with Jimmy getting shot, with uh, Lena working on her, uh, her project he was just behind the scenes being the puppet master that I really like to see that I think uh, BVS tried to depict with Lex but uh, failed a little bit in the general audience I'd say mainly because of cutting out a half hour uh, very key and essential to his plan but besides that uh, whatever uh, I, I love him uh, he, I was listening to an interview on the DC Daily that uh, his two favorites were Gene Hackman and Michael Rosenbaum and uh, I gotta say he he he's just amazing. He we right off the bat, first thing we see him, he's full on sociopath, full on. Uh, I must destroy the Man of Steel. He hates hearing about Superman being a man. He really gets mad when he heard that. He it, it, it's just perfect. He, the way he feels about Superman, the way he doesn't care about who he manipulates, what he does just to get his goal. I just thought. Cryer was fantastic, and in the most recent episode, episode 16, uh, we get a lot of story on the Red Daughter, which I've been happy, I've been clamoring for for a long time, uh, I want to say I even said that when I was on the DC TV Squadcast, but I just, I've been clamoring for this, I wanted this, and we get it, we find out that Lex has known about Supergirl since she appeared, we know that he knows her identity he brings the red daughter Kara to uh the red daughter Kara I'll just call her to the original Kara's apartment to show her and the red daughter has a lot of questions she doesn't really believe how Kara can be this way she finds her journal and finds that she's a nice person from it so she has a lot of questions on Lex as the manipulator that he is, just uh, destroys this family that he that she holds dear, this little kid, and uh, that she saved earlier, and uh, he 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 doesn't die. Uh, oh, this just takes him away, which I thought was pretty. It was nice, just a nice little saving grace for that character. So 
uh, just just bravo for for the episode and the actor has just been nailing this portrayal, and I can't wait to see the showdown between the red daughter and uh, Kara and if Kara can handle it. We all know the last time that Kara. Oh, sorry about that, people. We all know the last time that Kara fought a very superpower being Rain. She didn't hold her didn't hold up her in too well. So I'm curious to see what's gonna happen there. Maybe the Red Daughter just tries to take Kara's life for her own. I don't I just wanna maybe give her her own life. And hey, there is Argo now that's that's Argo City. She can be brought there. So uh, I have so many questions about that, but Supergirl is up, uh, hitting the ground running, and I'm I'm loving it since John Cryer's been uh, sh- shot in here. But it's only three episodes, so I assume that he'll just be around for the finale as well. But I hope to God this is not the last time we see him. He's been fantastic, and I hope this just spurns uh, spurns WB and WB TV and WB DC and everybody realize that we can handle iterations of a character at the same time. I will be completely fine with John Cryer being the main villain of Supergirl next year and completely fine with seeing Lex show up on the big screen. I won't, my hip won't explode. I won't ask why John Cryer isn't there. So yeah, I just, uh, Supergirl's turned the corner in my opinion and it's fantastic and I can't wait for Sunday. So yeah, and with that, I'll go on to Arrow season seven, episode 17, Inheritance. And just, why Arrow just, just fantastic this season. Uh, Beth Schwartz uh, has been amazing as showrunner for Arrow. Like, simply amazing. And it seemed like she took over the helm at the end of last year. She was on a few of those inside the episode previews. And it's, uh, it seemed like they were putting her at the forefront then. And I gotta say, she, like, they're just doing a bang-up job this season. It's fantastic. What they're doing with Emiko, Emiko is wicked. And if anybody has read the Green Arrow Rebirth uh, storyline, I have. And it's been fantastic. They're taking a lot of cues from it, which I clambered for last year and the year before as well. I, th- I think that... Uh, it, it, it just makes sense to use. It's perfect. It, it, it's a great story, and we get it here with the Night Circle, and I'm loving it. Uh, we get great flashbacks of Amiko with her father, and we get Robert Queen appearing again, the actor who plays him. And it's always nice to see him come back since the first season, so uh, that's just... I, I, I love it. I love those little callbacks like that. And we get a great little fun training scene with Oliver and Amiko, and well, Emiko, I'm going to keep... Emiko. And it, it's very reminiscent to me of when he used to train with Thea. And he even makes note of that, which I liked. I really enjoyed. And we get uh, Laurel. I'm not going to call her too Laurel. I'm going to call her just Laurel. Is investigating because of the last scene we got last episode. Where Laurel knows that she's not on the up and up. So Laurel goes to talk to Felicity, but she's not there, and only Oliver's there. She tries to leave, but Oliver sees that she's caught because she was shot with an arrow investigating Emiko. And they have a little tiny bit, but Oliver seems to take this a little better than he would have a few seasons ago. A few seasons ago, I could see him shouting at that person and leaving and not believing. So I I just... uh, like that he uh, he got his blinders on a bit, but it's not nearly as thick as it once was, like, was say in terms of his mind with the undertaking. Uh, 
I'm trying to think of other times where he quit. He, Felicity Town Barry is secret. He, he just overreacts a lot. So to see him not fly off the handle here, to me, is character growth. But I know still, he's still a little standoffish and doesn't believe it. But, uh, but is Amiko telling the truth? That's the question that we have. And we got a nice action scene of the team uh, stopping Dante. And they used Archer to find him, which is just another wife for Felicity. She gets uh, the girl that used to work for Caden James to join her company to help her. And it seems like she was in the same kind of boat as Felicity. Felicity in Witness Protection Program, working for, like, basically the source for sport. Source. The source or Radio Shack or whatever you want to call it these days. I don't even know. Do those stores still exist? I know they do here in Newfoundland, Canada, but... You know, Canada is like 10 years behind in terms of cultural significance and like trends and stuff like that. So, I, I will, will, will that run out? Will that not be cool anymore, you guys? Like, as How I Met Your Mother illustrates, we're really far behind. And if Canada's behind, then my province is back in the Stone Ages. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that, that the Archer program is just, just, just crazy. And, Probably my favorite scene of the episode with Diggle talking to Oliver about Emiko and if she was and up and up if she was telling the truth and that Oliver gotta be aware and just watch out. And Oliver is really receptive of this and Diggle's trying to like tell him like, dude, I got experience in this matter. Like Andy, I thought I gave him too many chances. You told me not to, the whole team told me not to, and I don't wanna remind you I don't have to remind you what we lost because of that, which was Laurel, Earth One Laurel. So when Diggle speaks like that, he really, uh, he really, like, it really carries some weight to it because of the significance of what has happened on the show. So that, that was just, that was just an excellent scene to me. And I just love the Oliver Diggle kind of bromance thing going. I, where Mia said in the future she called John Diggle the vigilante I can only assume he's going to pick up Oliver's crusade if Oliver somehow sacrificed himself but Oliver finds out Emiko is willingly working for the Ninth Circle and Dante and has a great fight scene with her he finds out that she's basically jamming the Archer program and undercover for Dante or that's what he believes. So there's a great fight scene, and I just like to point out to everyone that he had her in his patented neck break move, where he breaks people's necks. I I'm one of these days I'm gonna go back when Arrow's over. I'm gonna go back and count how many people he actually broke their necks with that move. But it is a famous move. He did it way back in the pilot. So he cut up. He hesitated. She got out of it, and we find out that she's not only. Uh, working for the Ninth Circle, but she's running the Ninth Circle. She is the leader of the Ninth Circle. So, like, wow. She is not being uh, coerced. She's not having a, a weakness exploit it and put pressure on the gainer. Like, we'll think about Roy when uh, Roy was robbing and doing bad things. He was controlled. So, I I just, I, I thought that was, uh, thought that was great. And we get some great, I just want to make a side note, we get great scenes between Dinah and Laurel. And Laurel trying to do, do the DA thing the right way. But uh, nobody's giving her the benefit of the doubt. And she's starting to get frustrated with the whole thing. And 
in the end of the episode, Emiko leaks a picture of Laurel with Diaz, Ricardo Diaz. So she, uh, she might be on the run. Her whole life might come crashing down now. And Emiko just did that. Emiko just did that for fun. They just didn't care one bit. So they go to drop this gas with these drones, and we get another great action scene. Especially with Oliver. I thought uh, Stephen Mill, Oliver, the action with Green Arrow was fantastic this episode. A bit more in the hood than we've seen in, in a while, and I love that. And he was kind of, I loved how he candidate those, air, those drones and start going like as fast as like those arrow, shooting arrow effects, side effects there. But uh, it was nice to see him take them out, except Emiko stopped the final one. Although it went to an abandoned warehouse, so we don't know why they actually did this demonstration. Maybe to test out the tech more than anything. But Amiko finds what she wants to target for the Ninth Circle now, and that is the Archer program. So, who knows what happens there? I'm not sure if the Ninth Circle could be, could be basically uh, controlling things in the future. I'm not sure. That's a big question, in my opinion. So I. Uh, I guess we'll get some light shit on that. I don't know if it's the next episode, but maybe the few after that, because the next episode is the Canaries episode. And I think we'll get Cassie, Katie Lotz back as Sarah. So, yeah, fingers crossed. It should be fun. We find out Emiko was the, night, the leader of the Night Circle, and also that she was behind the Queen's Gambit accident. She had the uh, plans there basically cc'd from malcolm merlin so they basically contracted malcolm merlin out to do that and i assume that the night circle was the ones that that did that for her to get her to join the group which you know why so yeah that's that's basically arrow uh, this episode was fantastic uh they raised stakes big time with making emiko the leader of the night circle i did not see that coming and i love how they just basically like done their own thing a little tiny bit here and it's fantastic. And if you're not reading the Green Arrow, if you didn't read the Green Arrow Rebirth, I'm pretty sure that just came to an end. Uh, by 50, episode 50, or issue 50, sorry. But uh, if you're not, if you didn't read that, I suggest getting on that before this season ends, maybe even into next season. Uh, because it seems like they're pulling stuff from this uh, comic run. So yeah, if you have any questions or thoughts about this week's DCCW shows uh, drop me a line on twitter and we can chat about it anytime cheers guys